0: Welcome, everybody. It's our reach, not just Sunday, it's our reach week, which we annually prioritize. Not that we don't prioritize nations right throughout the year. We do. We send missions throughout the year. We are praying for nations throughout the year, even Sunday mornings. This morning, we prayed for nations. But we have a specific week where we prioritize to on top of what we do throughout the year to make sure everybody's clear what you are part of. As a family from day one, in our very first church plant, we prioritized nations. Myself, Yandre, and Alexander went to Laos, Burma. And we, that was a tough one. We went and we ministered to people that came together, leaders, and they spoke three different languages. So just quickly get this. I speak none of those languages. In fact, not even English is my primary language. So I, we, I preached, then somebody will interpret from Thai to Burmese, And from Burmese to Laos. That's like, so five minutes is how long now? (laughs) 20 minutes. So five minutes, sermon is 20 minutes long. Because they interpret it. And then somebody in the audience will say, no, 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 no. Not like that. And then the interpreter missed it and somebody else will help him. That's the challenge we face. That's where lost in translation comes from. You see? Because it's really lost in translation. But it's still our responsibility to take the gospel of Jesus to the nations and the blessing of going to nations to see that happen. So this week is really not something that we kind of just add into the program. This is the foundation on which this church was built. Every nation. We are prioritizing the nations of the world and we need to wake up every morning when you're part of every nation to remind yourself that job's not done. And all hands on deck. Every businessman, every businesswoman, you are responsible to be part of this so we can take God's glory to the nation of the world. And we're going to focus this morning and next Sunday specifically on this. And don't miss Wednesday. Why do we go to Edfield Christian Church? Not just because it's a nice venue. We don't fit into this venue when we come together citywide anymore. So we have to find a bigger venue. So be there, come and join us. And it's not just for the young people. It is for every single one. Even if you have kids, bring them. Come pray with us for the nations. I'm going to just now call up my wife, Come minister with me, and yes, we're not going to speak about sex because we can't speak about sex all the time. All right, so and uh, yes, we spoke about conflict and relationships, which is really good that we do that. And praise God, you get that incredible moments. How many you enjoyed the last few weeks' sermons? Really impact your life, and so great. You are blessed, aren't you? Yes. Can we take this to the nations, or do we keep this for ourselves? I'm not going to speak about how you'll be blessed this morning. We've done that over the past few weeks. I'm going to help us to remind us why you are blessed. To be a blessing. Many of you sitting here today and you think, oh, the whole concept of, of, of God and gospel. You know, whom of you are by origin Jewish? I know some of you do business like a Jew, but I mean, whom of you are by origin Jewish? Anybody, any Jews? Great. Awesome. Welcome. We've got one hand here. The rest of you are not Jews. You are Gentiles. You should say, thank you, Lord Jesus. You did include me in your planning. All right? Here we sit, but now we think in the New Testament, they started to focus on the Gentiles. No, that's not true. I want you to have a good biblical understanding. It's not true. Genesis 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, verse 26. Adam and Eve multiply, fill the earth. Genesis 12. Abram, I'm going to bless you, and I will make your name great so that you won't just build a monument unto yourself because it's not about you when I bless you, so that you will be a blessing to the nations of the earth. God had all of us in mind from day one. It wasn't plan B. When we hyper-emphasize one people group, we're missing the biblical mandate. This is not what this is about. So let's dive into it, and I'm going to ask... My wife to join me on stage, because we're not going to speak about sex. She wants a mic. So while my wife gets a mic, I recently heard of somebody, a Boodle, an Afrikaans, an estate. Dad was, the dad was a dad of six children, six siblings, pretty wealthy estate. And um, two of them were still staying in South Africa, and the rest went abroad. And once dad passed away and left a very wealthy estate to all six children, the two local decided they're actually not going to share this with those abroad. And they kept everything for themselves, literally changed the law, changed, got the right lawyers. Lawyers can do a lot of things. And actually changed the whole estate so that the two of them benefit and anybody abroad benefit nothing. It wasn't a fair deal. And the broken relationships and the pain in this. Just imagine. Imagine it was used, living abroad.
1: I'm going to ask my wife to read for us from Psalm 76. Of 96. 96. 96. I'm not preaching today. I'm just reading the scripture, okay? Um, Psalm 96. You can read with me if it's on the screen, okay? Um, worship in the splendor of holiness. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nation, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. For he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into the courts. Worship the Lord. In the splendor of holiness, tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns, yes, the world is established, it shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for He comes, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people in His faithfulness.
0: Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You, Lord God, as we just listened to the Scripture, the sermon has already been preached. Lord, help us to understand Your heart as we continue from here on. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, you listen to this beautiful psalm, and you read through it, and you're going to find from the psalm actually a beautiful thing. When we read the Bible, there's some of the non-essential words that actually are very vital. You find sing, sing, sing. You find a scribe, a scribe, a scribe. You find say, say, proclaim, proclaim. And you start to ask yourself, what is this psalm saying? Well, this psalm is actually an extract from a song that was really sang. When uh, David came back with the ark to Jerusalem, and 1 Chronicles 16, you're going to read, it's the exact same words, exact same words, that the nation started to spontaneously start to sing. Why did they sing? Well, keep in mind, you in exile You are in desperate need of God. It's going difficult. It's going tough. And you kind of wonder, where is God? And you know that in that context, the ark of God was the presence of God in people's lives. And here comes David, and they actually went and fetched. They got the ark. They were stolen, and they brought it back to Jerusalem. And as they came through the gates in Jerusalem, the ark, and people saw the ark, sunny their eyes and everything. Their joy welled up. Their hope welled up and said, God's presence is back in our lives. God's presence is back in the city. God's presence is back. And what happened? They started to sing a new song. It wasn't a new song like with words you don't know. It was maybe the same songs, but it was a fresh new passion, revelation, a fresh hope in their hearts that this God is again with us. Would you sing? If you have gone through moments in your life where you kind of felt, I need God in this moment, and then you find God's presence walks through your door, something happens, and God is there, and your heart starts to overwhelm with a song. This is where this song came from. And as they were singing and they were worshiping, they were singing this song, and this is just an extract. You go and read 1, Chron- 1 Chronicles 16. You can go read it. But they were singing not just the song, They were singing a declaration of the purpose, the missional purpose of Israel. That's what they were singing. They were reminding themselves, we were so long without God and we felt terrible. While they were in Egypt, they were tempted and tested with all kinds of idols and worldly things. And without God and all the different gods that were made known to them, they were tested. Will you stay true to God? Are we not tested on a daily basis, friends? Are we not tested to move away our devotion, our pure devotion from God? These people came out, and when God's presence came back, it's almost like this relief. The one and only true God is is back with us. And they started to sing. So what were they singing? Let's go back. Why were they singing? Because Israel saw something. We jump to verse 4 and 6. Right at the center of this passage, you find almost the essence of a declaration of who God is. For great is the Lord, not a Lord, the Lord, and most worthy to be praised. Most worthy. Nothing compares with him. There's nothing else. There's not something that you and I do that is even worth to be mentioned. Because most worthy to be praised. He is feared above all other gods. In fact, that word gods is elim, which means nothingness. He's worthy to be praised above everything else. People called a God, but it's actually a nothingness. There's nothing in it. There's no substance because He made heaven and earth. He is the true owner. He is the true creator. And many may claim that they have a name and they are something to be worshipped or they are somebody to be mentioned. He says, but let all be silent. I'm the only creator. I am the only God. But the Lord made the heavens splendor and majesty are before him when he walks into a place strength and glory are in his sanctuary you will not be able to not notice him you will not be able with glory the way the meaning of glory means the weightiness of the presence of the person who just entered you will not be able to stand when that weight comes upon you. It's not just some. It's almost like you're looking to a spotlight. Last night we came back from I mean, Boise and on our way. And one place there was a guy with a little, his lights were pretty sharp. I thought, let me just ask you to put off your spotlights. And then he put his spotlights on. And it's like, I was like a rabbit. You know? And like he had all these LEDs, like I think it was under the chest seat, right up to the roof. I mean, it's like the sun came up. Okay, one of those moments you regret the thought the guy's lights are bright. That was not bright. You know, when he flashed me, that was bright. Okay, it's like that moment when you're caught in this light. It's like God entering, and you cannot even look into it because it hurts you. He says, this is the God you, Israel, know, and you see Him. And that's why... Israel. You sing because you see Israel. You sing to the Lord a new song. It's not a new weird song. It is maybe the same new song, but it's a revelation that you sing from a new experience, from a new conviction, from a new passion. Some of you have been with us for a long time. Maybe you need to start a new song when it comes to nations. Although you've been part of us for a long time, maybe you have become so familiar with it that it's no more a new song to you. It's become an old song. Friends, that's not what God's called us. It's called us to renewed passion that what we do it's renewed in our hearts sing to the Lord a new song fresh new it says who must sing not just you Israel sing to the Lord all the earth he's including every Gentile he's including every Arab he's including every Chinese he's including every Buddhist he's including every single person on the face of the earth he desires that they will sing to him Israel you are singing a new song would you broaden your perspective and include in your perspective all the earth? Why must they sing? The third one says to us, Sing to the Lord because of his name. Verse one, that first three sings, concludes the whole, it summarizes the whole chapter. We sing, the whole earth must sing because of his name. It says, Israel, because you see, and therefore, you're seeing Israel. I'm not charging you to say what you see and what you're seeing. What you go and say? He says, proclaim his salvation day after day. Daily proclaim his salvation. Walk around. Proclaim his salvation. Declare the glory among nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. Whom of you are not from South Africa sitting in the service? See how many hands? Welcome. You are not second choice. Like we are not second choice. God loves nations. May we never miss that. May we never see that's where racism and all these kind of you know marginalization of people groups and people it's not about anything else, but it's anti-God, it's anti working against God's heart, the expression of God is inclusive, the tapestry of God's beauty is seen in its high diversity. It's like wow. I mean, we would see of a boring God if it's just this one color, one picture, one kind of frame. It's not. It's so beautiful and it's so diverse that you and I can't even fathom when we look into it. We see majesty. We see glory. We say, wow, we can't even say it. And it says, what you see, you sing. And what you sing, would you start to say it? Declare among the nations. Why do they sing? We go back to verse 4 to 6. For he is a great Lord and he is... Most worthy. Friends, the only reason why we don't sing and why we don't say and why we don't see is because we found other things in our lives that becomes more worthy than the most worthy one. Has your business trapped you? Has your conditions trapped you? Has your culture keeping you in a place where you can't sing and you can't say because you don't see? God is calling us out of it that we see the bigger picture. Let me tell you, friends, we are so rich when we think about the nations. There's something that happens in us. There's something that happens in your business. There's something that happens in your mindset, your planning, your family, everything else. When you start to see the nature of what it is, it's not an escape. It's a mission. It's not because there's less problems. We're not running away from problems. We're running to problems because we've got God inside of us. We are problem solvers, not problem avoiders. God is calling us because of his name it's worthy. How will they know that God is worthy unless we bring the God who solves problems, who solves cultural challenges, who solves sin, who solves broken relationships, who solves sexual problems, and we bring the message and it solves things. It solves conflict. The things we preach, that's the God we serve. We're not avoiding problems. We're bringing the gospel to problems. He says, these people sing and so on. Not, they don't see because the idols around them and the idols in their heart are keeping them blind. Bring me the most high to them so that I can expose the worthlessness of their idols and change that because once they see me, maybe what will happen He says, Israel, you have seen, therefore you sing, you have to say, so that, verse seven, ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations, ascribe to the Lord, Glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Ascribe to the Lord. Acknowledge. Give to the Lord. He says, now that you are seeing it and you have been singing, 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 now it's time for the Gentiles to ascribe, ascribe, ascribe. He's emphasizing ascribe what? First of all, all nations, God's name, so that they will start to give him the honor that's due Him and not give that honor to something that's nothingness. Something that is worthless. How many of our friends find no more worth in God to really serve Him full on? Christianity is not a bumper sticker. It's a heart cutter. It's a change and a transformation of heart that our lives, our priority, our decisions, our time, our talents... Our money, everything starts to align with what's happening in our hearts. It's authentic. It's genuine. It's not perfect. Then none of us should preach. But it's an ongoing progression as God transforms us and makes us more like Him. He says, now that we ask this, we call the Gentiles into a place where they will see all the families, acknowledge His name, and bring Him what? The glory due to his name. And then he goes to the last part, a beautiful part. He says, bring an offering and come into his courts. What is he saying? Let's go back into the context of the scripture. Gentiles were never allowed to go into the, uh, the, uh, the most high of the tabernacle. They were never allowed to even in the inner courts. They were allowed to stand on the outside. And that's why Jesus got so angry when he got to the temple. And on the outside they were doing business. But on the inside where the Jews can go and worship God, they did not. And why was he so angry? Because he didn't get many times in the Bible angry. He got angry because he says, the place where not the Jews, the Gentiles is the only place where they can worship me. You're doing business here and you're robbing Gentiles to know me. Friends, let not our business keep people out of the kingdom of God. Because that's the business God gets angry at. He says, no, open up the courts. And he says, now we call his nation. Bring an offering and let them come into the inner courts. There's no differentiation between you and a Jew. There's no differentiation between this nation and that nation. Everybody, welcome into my inner courts. You can experience my presence. The ark is no more a a thing that we carry around. The ark is now my presence in your heart through the Holy Spirit. You have me. You can live. You can hear my voice. I'm, this is what you see. And once we see the beauty of who God is and this absolute irresistible attractiveness, the holiness of God is the irresistible beauty of God that you know when we see him, we cannot resist him. This is when people see that. Worship the Lord in splendor and holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. You see, what you see start to flow again into what we sing. Remember, the singing here has not to do just with a song. The singing has more to do with living. The way they live, the way they start to prioritize things. He says now they start to worship. What they see, they now start to sing. And it will affect way beyond that. It goes on in verse 10. Say among the nations, who must say now? It's no more just Israel. He says, now you see Gentile. Now it's time for you see to sing. And you sing, it's now time for you to start to say. Now, it's your responsibility if you have been given this, that you would start to say, that you would say that the Lord reigns and that there is no other gods, and that you and I would love that, that we don't dedicate our lives and that don't, we don't prioritize idols anymore. We prioritize one true God and nothing else. When nations sing because they see, and when they start to say, Then what will happen? Who if you would love to live in a world where things work out? (laughs) Who if you would love to live in a world where there's gladness and joy and peace? Who if you would love to live there? We all say yes, please. Can I ask you a commitment? And I'm going to help you. From the Psalm, it gives us a crystal clear picture how we get there. It all depends on what you see. It all depends on how you sing, how your life sings. And it all depends on if you willing to say, to say, to proclaim. It's dependent on this. He says, if we do this, listen to verse 11. Then let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound. And all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. And they will sing before the Lord. For He comes. He comes to judge the earth, and he will judge the world in righteousness and the people in truth. He says the following. You see, we're not just getting saved, and God didn't say to Adam and Eve, just rule over, the, uh, over people, or, or just about people, multiply people. He was saying from the beginning, I'm creating heavens and earth. And the Bible says at the end in Revelation, God will come back, not just for people, but for a new creation. See, the result of born-again believers who start to serve God does affect even creation itself. It affects the trees to sing. It affects the animals to sing. It affects the rocks will shout out. It affects everything, not just people. It changes the culture, the nature that we live in. The world we live in will start to sing. There's a change on the earth because of people who have the right perspective of who God is. They live a life that is singing on a daily basis. And they're willing to proclaim and keep on proclaiming what they see so that others can start to see. None of us are excluded from this. Thank God you are not excluded. Thank you, Jesus, for the blessing. The story I just made up about the estate is more to help us understand. How would you feel if you were the brother in the other city and you were robbed? Not getting your portion. You are blessed. When we came to plant the church, it's so that you can be blessed, so that you can know God, so that you can serve God. Friends, I'm not just speaking from which church you come from, I'm sharing with you who we are as a church. This is who we are. We're mindful of God's business. We want to see you blessed. We want to see you grow. We want to see your marriages blessed. We want to see your personal lives blessed and that God bless your business and that you may be blessed, but we cannot stop and being consumers where we're just blessed and blessed because then we as preachers are going to have to really, really, really dance like a, a, tub, like a duck on stage and try to make you happy and make sure you come back next week and we're going to start to you know, do all kinds of shows and things so that you can be happy, so you can be blessed and you can be blessed and you can be blessed. Sorry, I'm resigning. We're not doing that kind of church here. We want to see you blessed so that those who have not even heard this message can also be blessed. Now it's our responsibility to respond. How do you respond today? How's your singing? How's your living? How's your saying? Friends, God's calling every one of us to participate. You know what's the beauty of this week? you get the amazing opportunity to let out what you've been given and to give back. We are blessed because of God, and He desires all nations to be blessed so that they in turn again can also be a blessing. John 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world, world that He gave Himself. 1 Timothy 2 verse 3, This is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved. You're never going to read your Bible the same again. God is about nations right throughout the Bible. So let me conclude with this. What you see is what you will sing and what you will say so that others may see and start to sing and therefore say till the whole world see, sing and say the glory of God. That is our responsibility. Today, What you're seeing, what you're singing, what has changed your life, I want to make it really practical. Won't you dare to start to give so that others can also have this? There's a simple way. We've made it really simple how people can participate so that we can take the gospel to the nations. We all can pray. You've just prayed this morning. You can pray daily. Why don't you start to ask God, give me a nation? On Wednesday night, we're going to show you the nations that are still we're looking for and what are the nations that are still left. Why don't you choose a nation and pray? Why don't you sign up and go on a mission? It will change your life forever. When you see the nations, you come back, you do business different, you do family different, you do church different because you've seen the nations. And the last thing is you can give. Give up one steak, give up one pizza. Give up more than that. Why don't you give? Father, I pray this morning. Thank you for nations. Thank you, Father, that nations is valuable to you, therefore valuable to us. You desire that people will worship you from all nations, therefore our priority. And God is not out of obligation, because that means we don't see. It's out of our own hearts, joyfully, that we want to participate, because you are so precious. You are majestic. You are the most high God. There is no other idols. How will they know that unless we say it to them? Invite them to you. Lord, thank you for an increasing daily blessing of seeing who you are. Thank you, God, that you fill our hearts with joy on a daily basis. So we can live a life that sings your glory. But God, may we never stop from also saying who you are. In Jesus' name.